Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in today's solo episode, I'll be sharing ways to declutter your mind and how yoga can help you master the art of decluttering. If you're an overthinker, need new ways to declutter a full mind, then this episode will provide you with some great ideas. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. Thank you for joining me for today's solo episode about mastering the art of decluttering, not only your home, but also your mind. Do you need to declutter your mind? I'm going to ask some questions, and if you answer yes to any of these, it's likely you could benefit from decluttering your mind. So do you find it hard to focus on one thing at a time? Do you struggle to concentrate? Are you easily distracted? Do you feel there is always somewhere else you should be? or something else you should be doing? Do you sometimes get to the end of the day feeling like you haven't stopped, yet struggle to recall what you've done? So if you've answered the yes to these, then this episode is definitely going to help you with some ideas about how to declutter your mind. Because when we have a cluttered mind, we are then easily distracted we have a disorganized mental state and so then we start to feel stress and our stress response is activated in our body. And some of the things that may be causing this is the overstimulation of technology, like having technology around you all the time and having to be switched on. It means that you're always getting notifications. You're always able to be responding to things that are coming up instead of like in the past where we would only actually get the notification when we were on the actual device. Whereas now that we have phones that have all the apps that we're able to access at any time of the day, we are then on alert 24 hours. Maybe also it could be that we have too much choice. So I know for myself, when I go to a restaurant and if there's like three sides of a menu, that is way too much choice for me. I would prefer just one side of a menu. And we have so much choice everywhere, everywhere around us when we're at the shops, at the supermarket. Another reason why I really enjoy online uh, grocery shopping is then I'm not swayed by any of the choices. I just know what I need and what I'm going to get rather than all the different brands, which is just going to overwhelm me and clutter my mind. Another thing that may be a cause of a cluttered mind is our blurred boundaries between our work and our free time. Because like I said before, we have our technology, which is alerting us. It means that unless we set a structure for our alerts not to come onto our phone, maybe our emails for our work are not coming through our phone, we're going to have those notifications all the time. Benefits of reducing your mental clutter is, well, obviously the physical clutter. When we have less physical clutter and we reduce that, it helps us save time. We're not looking for things amongst all the clutter. We can't find that stapler that we need or the device that we need for some part of our cooking because the pantry is just so full of clutter. It also saves us money because when we can't find items like that, 
we go and buy them again. Uh, for example, batteries. I see that a lot in homes that I work in, that people can't find the batteries that they know they've bought or light globes are another thing, and so they have to go out and get more. And they're not cheap items to be constantly replenishing in your home because they don't have an actual space in your home to be able to go and find it. But also by reducing this physical clutter, you also feel so much calmer. Reducing the mental clutter is also going to help you with focus. You're going to be able to stay focused on the one thing rather than jumping from one thing to the other because you're getting those messages in your brain. Oh no, I also need to email that person. I also need to phone that person. I need to look that school photos up on my computer. So by reducing our mental clutter, whether it's having calendars or reminders or tick boxes or whatever it is a to-do list we need to reduce keeping it all in our head we are also going to be able to concentrate for longer periods of time when we don't have so much mental clutter and in the long run we're going to feel so much calmer as well so i'm going to share with you five ways to reduce mental clutter And I'll finish with yoga as our last one, but I'll share a couple of others before we get to yoga. So number one is to schedule tech-free time. As I said before, we have our devices that have notifications going all the time. One of the things that we can do is decide on a cutoff point in your day. So it might be 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. where you're going to put down your device, your computer, your laptop, your phone, and or turn it onto silent so that you can just focus on getting ready for sleep. And like for me, I am a, an information junkie. I am a lifelong learner. And so for me, it's really important to set this up because we now consume 90 times more information than we did back in 1940. So, so much more information at our fingertips, but we need to actually put those restrictions on ourselves. I actually love on my phone and it has a little bedtime reminder that comes up to remind me an hour before uh, to to put the phone down, but also then to just to have my night ritual, which I've shared in previous episodes about night rituals and how valuable they are to prepare us for sleep. So making maybe a phone-free space, such as like dinner time in our home is there's no phones at the dinner table, or maybe it's in your bedroom that you have at nighttime no phones in your bedroom. So for us in our home, Our kids have a tech hotel, so the phone has to come down and the iPad has to come down and it goes in its little hotel and it charges overnight. And just like us, we need recharging and so do the tech. Another one could be to turn off your Wi-Fi and turning it off at a set time at night and turning back on again the following morning, say after breakfast. Number two is connecting with nature. So we know the benefits of exercise but also for us just to go out and connect with nature is also going to give us amazing benefits for our well-being. In 2015 there was a study that the researchers found that people who had walked in nature showed lower activity in their prefrontal cortex so that's the area at the front of the brain region that's active when you find yourself trapped in that repetitive loop of negative thought patterns. Even if it's a few minutes spent out in the fresh air, 
listening to the birds, which I absolutely love doing, watching the clouds, just sitting and taking in nature is going to have a powerful effect on your mental state. I really enjoy walking on grass in bare feet. It's really grounding and it helps to reduce my overthinking because I'm then coming from my head back down to my feet and connecting with the earth. Number three is to scroll responsibly. The average person now spends at least four hours a day on their mobile phone. And there's, you know, much of this is because of the algorithm. It's designed to give us that dopamine hit. So we want to go back on our phone because we love that dopamine hit. How can we reduce our iPhone, that dependence on our iPhone. So the iPhone has settings which allows you to monitor how much time you've spent on an app and it's great to look at and see how much time just for your own awareness. Also for Android, there's apps that you can download which will do the same and it'll show for you how much time you've spent on your phone. Maybe moving the apps that you use a lot off your home screen and putting them in a harder-to-access folder means that you might be less likely to jump straight into those particular things on your phone because it's a little bit harder. So we need to reduce task switching. So task switching is when we jump from one activity to the next or we try and multitask as it used to be known. But our brain isn't actually capable of focusing on two activities at the same time. You can focus on them, but you're not going to give them the same capacity to both of them. So by staying focused on one thing at a time is going to be so much better for productivity, but also for your brain. Number four is to practice mindfulness. So mindfulness is the practice that we give when we have undivided attention to whatever it is that we're doing in that particular moment. So we have an awareness of our thoughts, our emotions. We're not reacting or judging what's going on in our head. So by practicing mindfulness, we can improve the efficiency of our brain rather than allowing that cycle of constant worry to take over. You could use apps that have mindfulness, meditations. You can just go outside and, as I said before, just being out in nature. You could try and do activities where you're being mindful, even like doing the dishes and focusing on the feel of the water or the smell of the bubbles. Um, I love getting a actual detergent that I like the smell of because that gives me, I'm really strong with sense of smell, so that gives me something to focus on. Same in the shower. I love to get a body wash that I like the smell of because then that's that mindful activity. While you're eating is trying to just have the eating going on and not everything else, not iPads, not um, TV in the background, because that's going to help us to eat mindfully. Now, number five is yoga. And I have lots that I want to share about yoga. So I've saved that till the end. With yoga, it's going to help us to declutter our mind. But also, I want to talk about how yoga can also help you to declutter your home. By using yoga, we can focus on our breath. And when we focus on our breath, we just become more mindful of what's going on. And it gives us something to focus on, whether it's the length of breath, uh, where the breath is moving within our body, how the breath sounds. There's so much that we could focus on when it comes to our breath. We can also use yoga. We can tune into the sensations in our body and maybe notice emotions, but even just the feelings that are floating around in our body. 
we can also take our awareness to our thoughts. So through the movement, we're able to focus a little bit more from our head all the way to the different parts of our body, depending on what we're targeting in that particular shape. The other part is that we have energy that moves throughout our body. So with yin yoga, we focus on chi energy. In our vinyasa yoga, we focus on our chakras. And when we can organize those energy systems, whether it's chi energy or our chakras, our mind can calm down and we can concentrate and also focus can be improved. So chakras are a wheel of spinning energy found in your body and it helps to govern our behavior, our emotions and express our desires. There are seven chakras that run along the spine and they're the ones that we're going to focus on. There's lots of chakras all throughout your body. Our Anahata chakra, which is our heart chakra, and our Malandara chakra, which is our base chakra, helps us to feel connected, grounded, loved, safe. And these are the two that are going to help us to declutter our mind and our home so that you can feel more organized. Our base chakra, our Malandara chakra, is our first chakra. It's located at the base of the spine. It is the one that's element is earth and it governs our legs, our feet, our tailbone, our bowels, our blood and our bones. So the shapes that are going to help us to connect those are going to be our standing and sitting shapes and it helps us to feel grounded, supported, connected and safe in our own bodies and in the world that we are. So it helps to anchor us to the world. When it's out of balance, and there's excess energy in our Malandara chakra, we'll have hoarding of food or materials. We have that fear of change, and so we're pretty rigid around our boundaries and our thinking, and so we try to keep all those things that we have. So when we're deficient in our Malandara chakra, we feel insecure, and we also develop a sense of lack and a need for more. So we'll become quite disconnected from our body and we'll suffer from chronic disorganization and that need for more things, more things in our life to give us that satisfaction. To work with this chakra, some things that we can do to reconnect with it is to reconnect with your body through massage, are walking with bare feet, the grounding that I've talked about before, and I really notice a difference when I do do that. Planting plants, flowers, vegetables, so being in the ground, touching the ground, is going to help to connect back to this chakra. And then the final one is obviously the slow, steady asanas that are close to the ground, like our supported child's pose or our dragonfly pose. So our child's pose has its target area is our back, our hips, our thighs, our ankles, our inner groin and our adductor muscles. And so the meridian lines we're focusing on is our gallbladder, which is in our hips, runs through our hips, and our liver and kidney, which runs through our groin, and then our back, which has our bladder. So this can help relieve back pain, but it also helps us to feel calmer, improves our sleep, and because it's close to the ground, it helps us to support our base chakra. 
And then our dragonfly pose, which is our legs out straight in like a V, and we may use some support to lean forward onto. This also targets our groin and abductors, our hamstrings and our spine. And so again, because it runs through our groin, our meridians are our kidney and liver, and our gallbladder through our hip, and also our stomach and spleen, which run up to our ribs. This shape is going to help us calm our nervous system and again ground us through our base chakra. And the other chakra that also is going to help us with our organizing in our home as well as declutter our mind is our heart chakra, so our anahata chakra. This is the fourth chakra and is located at the heart. It is a green color and its element is air. So it governs our lungs, our chest, and our shoulders. And so it's our back bends which are going to help open up these areas in our body. And it helps to love unconditionally both ourselves but also others. It helps you to have compassion, connect, forgive, accept, and give for yourself and others. So when it is out of balance and it's deficient, our heart chakra, we're going to have that feeling of loneliness, isolation, maybe depression and withdrawal. And when we're in excess, it's going to be demanding. We're going to have poor boundaries. And that's when we have this codependency or clinging to people, but also to our items, so our things that are in our home. So for us to work with our heart chakra, we're going to use pranayama, so breath, so focusing on our breath in and our breath out. Maybe we're holding for a small amount of time because it gives us that feeling of, oh, okay, I'm holding, what's going to happen next? And then I'm letting go. So, and I was safe after I held for a little bit of time and letting go is also going to help with that reducing that clinging to those items. Journaling is also going to help. And then finally is our backbend asanas, which open up our heart chakra like our supported fish and our sphinx shape. Our supported fish is obviously the backbend and it targets our lumbar spine, our upper thoracic spine, and also our intercostal muscles, so our like ribs and our shoulders. So our spotted fish, we're lying on our back and we're taking our arms over the top of our bolster. So we're opening up through our chest. Our chest is rising up to the sky. Our feet are out long on the ground. So our meridian lines is our stomach and spleen up in our ribs, the front of our body, but also our lung, large intestine, heart and small intestine, which run along our arms. So having our arms out to the side. This is going to benefit the upper back muscles. So especially if we've been sitting in a seat all day, so it's going to help improve our posture and our spine flexibility. And it's also going to help with breathing and maybe any respiratory problems that we've had because we're targeting that lung area. Our sphinx shape is lying on our stomach and it's having our arms out in front and lifting our chest up. Our legs are out behind us. Another word that you may have heard used is our cobra. Again, it's a back bend. And it's targeting our lumbar spine, our groin, and our abductors. And again, it's activating our kidney and liver because it's running through our groin. But it's also our bladder, which runs up our back. 
So it's going to benefit because we're opening up the front of our body. Again, when we're sitting in a desk for a long period of time, we're opening up using this shape. When we organize our energy systems, we're going to also calm our mind down and be able to concentrate and focus improves. And so once you're able to focus and declutter your mind, you're also able to relax, rest, but also you're able to then move forward and declutter your home. So let me just go over the five things that are going to help you to declutter your mind. So number one was schedule tech-free time in your day. Number two was to connect with nature, like walking outside or grounding and walking in bare feet. Number three was scrolling responsibly. So looking at when we're using our tech and trying to reduce that or just doing one thing at a time. Number four was practicing mindfulness. How can we do things with undivided attention? Number five was our yoga and we were looking at our base chakra and our heart chakra, which can also not only help declutter our mind, but declutter our home because we're getting those back in balance and letting go of any of those hoarding behaviors we may have or that sense of lack and also that codependency or clinging to our items. I hope by sharing these five ideas to declutter your home, you can start to feel calmer and consider using yoga to help you declutter your home. You can grab instant access to free yin yoga videos of the shapes that I've just talked about. So your dragonfly, your child's pose, your supported fish, and your sphinx pose, as well as a little routine that has all of those together as well. So head over to the resources page on my website, simplyhappy.com.au, and you can get started today on using the Declutter Your Mind and Home Yoga Resources. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you find yourself wasting precious time searching for misplaced items and wishing for a more organized life, then you need my five-minute declutter ebook, the ultimate guide to quick and easy organizing solutions for a clutter-free and happy home. Forget about spending months comarying your house. These fun solutions are designed to give you immediate results in under five minutes. Head over to Simply Happy in the resource section and download your free copy and start seeing results in minutes. I'd like to acknowledge the Wadharam people of the Kulin Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging.